Welcome to Jet Cetera, the Winnipeg Jets podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, folks, sports editor Steve Lines, and as usual, I'm joined by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike, it's episode 40, the big 4-0. Ooh. And yeah, wow. We should have a party. (laughs) I don't think we're allowed to. Yeah, we could reminisce about our 40th birthday parties or something like that. I got a funny, I got a funny story from that. If you can remind me, Paul we I will. Golf, Paul Wiesick threw his golf clubs into the LaSalle River. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do want to hear that story. Yeah, we were golfing that day. We'd had a few drinks. Uh, Anywho, <laughs> he, he wasn't having a good round. Um, episode 40. And we'll be talking today about uh, the NHL's plans, or lack of them at this time, to return to play. Um, the CFL's Grey Cup Unite is this week. It's kind of a virtual Grey Cup week, and all the optimism uh, by Randy Ambrosi and uh, league executives that there will be a 2021 season. Uh, lots of optimism, short on details. How Mike and I are both coping with the Code Red shutdown. Hope you folks are doing well. And uh, part of that was Mike's latest staycation. He was home for two weeks, uh, working in the basement, going to the dump. Um, we'll chat about that in the overtime session, I think, Mike. Let's get to the first period. So uh, the NHL um, it plans to play their 19... No, 19. <laughs> I'm still in the last century here. I wish I was in the last century, right? <laughs> You're thinking... You're thinking back to your 40th birthday, Steve. That would have been in the I, 19s, right? It was Not quite? No, it was the year 2000. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, I was born in 1960. So that would have been the year 2000. So anyways, um, the NHL hopes to play a 2020-21 season. Um, whether they get it started in 2020 is the question. They're hoping to play in home ranks. That's their preference. And and um, they're hoping to maybe have fans in the stands in certain markets. Um, what do you hear in uh, What do you hear in today, Mike? Today is what day is the today? It's Wednesday, November the something. Eighteenth, yes. The 18th. <laughs> they're all starting to roll again. They roll together again in this code red <laughs> thing. Um, so, what do you hear today? Yeah, there, there's talk, Steve, of uh, of a 60 game schedule. That seems to be the number that the league and the players have um, have pretty much agreed on. Interesting little note here, just for for Jets uh, fans: uh, there are 16 NHL players that are on the return to play committee. Two of them are Winnipeg Jets. Uh, there are there are lots of teams that have zero reps. There is only one team that has two representatives so i guess if um if you're a jets fan yeah you you have two people that are kind of at the bargaining table here and those two players would be mark shifley and andrew Kopp, good friends longtime roommates and uh, both of those guys they, they actually played roles in the return to play last summer Shifley was on the return to play committee. I believe there were only seven players on that committee, and Mark Shifley was one of them. Uh, there were some big names on that committee. Connor McDavid was was another, uh, and then Andrew Kopp. He actually led the uh, collective bargaining agreement committee that the players put together. It was his idea. I spoke to both Shifley and Kopp over the summer about their roles on those committees, and they talked about you know 
taking a real interest in the business side of, of the game. And obviously that interest has now carried over because they're both on the 16-man return-to-play committee here. So a 60-game season, Steve, um, they are still, believe it or not, very much targeting a January 1 start. And the reason for that is they, they want to be done by the time the Summer Olympics start in late July. Uh, they're talking about a July 15th sort of drop-dead date to award the Stanley Cup. That would also allow the NHL to get back on track uh, for the 2021-22 season. Uh, they can't just kind of stay in this cycle of, of always being behind and trying to catch up. So having a 60-game season, having it end by mid-July, you could then have some semblance of a normal off-season, and then you could start the next season in October like you normally would. And that would sort of jive with the NHL going to the 2022 Winter Olympics and, you know, all the usual breaks that come season. So if, if a January 1 start is going to happen, Steve, there's going to be all kinds of news here in the next week. Uh, and I do expect probably by the time we do our 41st edition of the podcast next Wednesday, we very likely will have a very clear picture of, of what the NHL is doing here. Yeah, they need to get going here. You can't be having uh, hockey in August again. Um, nobody was watching. Ratings were low. If they want anybody to be watching uh, the games wherever they're played, and there's still lots of debate about where that will be, they need to get. They need, listen. The NBA is starting December 22nd, and and uh, the, their players have been told that they need to be in their home markets by November the 30th. Um, you know, it's so many similar markets, um, right? And, and and these leagues take their cue from each other. I, I just I'm not sure what the holdup is. I mean. I hear a lot of the talk, well, the COVID numbers are spiking. I'm not sure that the COVID numbers really have play into this. I mean, the NHL has enough money and wherewithal that, to me, it seems like that they can create these micro-bubbles, macro-bubbles. They can keep their players safe. Um, yeah. I don't think that the, the players are going to be spreading COVID into the community. Heck, these players don't want any part of the community to begin with. <laughs> it's not right. like, they're, not like NHL players are out in the community. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm not sure that COVID numbers are going to affect whether they where and how they play. It's mostly going to affect whether there's going to be fans in the fans. And, um, so here's the holdup, Steve. Here's the holdup, Steve. Larry Brooks of the New York Post uh, had a story late last night. Yeah, this is a it's, good one. Yeah, it's about money. Uh, it really is about money. So I mentioned Andrew Kopp, the, the the collective bargaining agreement committee. As most fans probably know, and I'm sure most fans didn't study the intricacies of the CBA, but essentially, to to break this down as simply as possible, the NHL players, they agreed to a 10% deferral of their salaries for this coming season. So take 10% of whatever your contract says you would make, and and that money is not going to be paid to you until years down the road. There would be a deferred. Let's, let's, let's defer. Right. This is not a pay cut. No, it's a deferral. However, there's also what's known as escrow, 
um, which is another sort of shave off your uh, off your salary, and that escrow is set at twenty percent. So you've got twenty percent of your salary goes into escrow, ten percent gets deferred. So now you're only making seventy percent of what your salary is. The NHL players do not want what Major League Baseball had, which was a prorated salary. In baseball, you know, they ended up settling on if you play 60 games, that's whatever percentage of a full season, therefore you get that same percentage of your salary. NHL players, they've already negotiated that that won't happen. What the owners now want, Steve, is an extra 13% deferral on top of the 10% deferral and on top of the 20% escrow. So if you do the numbers, players would actually only get 57% of their salary this coming season under this proposal. And that's what's apparently being mulled over right now and the reason for the holdup. And you, you, you see why the owners would like that. They're not going to get anywhere near 100% of revenues this year. I don't even know if they're going to get 50% of revenues, considering the NHL has said 50% of their revenues come from tickets. So owners say, we're taking a bath. We need you to help kind of share the pain. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get where the players are balking at this, frankly, Mike. I mean, this is not a, play, this is not a paid cut. This is a paid deferral. Frankly, right. I, in my mind, they should get a paid cut. Uh, I mean, if you're only going to pay, listen, if I only show up for four days of work this week instead of five, uh, I'm only going to get paid for four. I can tell you that much. It's not like they're going to defer one day of pay till 2022. That would be great because I would only come in four days a week, by the way. Um, but like, if, if you're only playing six eighths of your season, it's three quarters. <laughs> I'm good with fractions. You're very uh, good, yeah. <laughs> Um, you should only get paid three quarters. I mean, just like baseball. Shouldn't, I don't know. Am I missing something? Yeah, it seems to me, Steve, that this is actually a better deal for the players than what major yeah. league baseball players yeah. settle on. And the the alternative, I mean, so let's say the players say no to this. Well, what's uh, the alternative? Not playing at all? Um, so I, I don't know that they are necessarily balking at this. I think they're just weighing this over. But as you said, Steve, time is of the essence. The clock is ticking. And I think we're going to see some movement real fast on all of these issues here in the coming days. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Central podcast. We're going to move along to another league that um, is hoping to have a 2021-2021 season. I'm having trouble with the year's game. having a uh, virtual Grey Cup week. Uh, the Grey Cup would have been in Regina this Sunday uh, uh, owing to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, if I had to cancel its 2020 season. Um, but this week they're having a virtual Grey Cup week called Grey Cup Unite. And on Monday, uh, Commissioner Randy uh, Brosey kicked things off with the uh, I guess a town hall, State of the Union type of thing. A, a series of questions were pitched to him by TSN Sarah Orleski, questions from fans, and then he did one-on-ones with um, a number of media outlets, including ours, and Taylor Allen from our outlet that chatted with the commissioner. And um, 
a lot of optimism from Mr. Ambrosi and President Bomber's CEO, Wade Miller, today, and Montreal Alouette's executives, and all the executives seem to be very optimistic that there's going to be a 2021 season. What I didn't hear, Mike, though, from anybody, frankly, still, is any plans of how that optimism is going to turn into reality. Um, lots of talk about how the vaccine is going to cure everything. And, um, you know, I, I think we all hope that's that's a fact. But all the experts are saying that, you know, even if, even if there is a, a viable vaccine, it's going to take some time to have everybody vaccinated. Um, the CFL needs to find a way to play some sort of season in 2021. They can't lose another season. And hope and optimism is not going to get it done for them. No, absolutely, and and that's what the commissioner seems to be selling, hope and optimism. I I see like even the players' association and and many are wondering like, yeah, where's the where's the backup plan here? If um, if a vaccine, and we certainly hope that it is ready by next summer, earlier would be better. Uh, but sure. as we as we know, Steve, I mean, distributing this vaccine to you know, widespread distribution around the world is not going to be an easy process or a quick one. And so there is no guarantee that by June, which is when the CFL season would normally begin, that everything will just be back to normal and you can pack 25,000 or 30,000 at IG Field. Um, and if you can't do that, you're right. What is the, what is the alternative here? It can't just be, well, we'll go back to the government and hope that they reconsider and, and throw us a lifeline. That didn't work last summer, and it's clear the CFL had no plan B, which is why they ended up going dark for this whole season. Um, and I'd like to think that all these months they've had now to look at what other sports leagues around North America, around the world, how they've managed to get back to playing that the commissioner would have had a little more by in, in terms of details of, well, if this can't happen, here's what else we plan to do. He sort of made some vague reference to a business reset and, and mapping out scenarios, but he didn't disclose what any of those are. And frankly, I think given the way that the CFL has operated here, Steve, I mean, color me, color everyone, a little skeptical that there really is any other plan in the works. Yeah, no, I, I will give credit a little bit today to Wade Miller, um, the Bomber CEO. Taylor got an interview with him yesterday, and Wade was, you know, spinning the party line a bit as well in, in the interview that he did with Taylor, and, and you know, that everything is going to be fine, we're, we're super encouraged that everything's going to be good. Wade did say that, you know, hypothetically, Come June, come July, numbers likely will be lower, even if even without a vaccine. Um, and, and and the idea of having some amount of fans going into an outdoor venue, IG Field, um, would be more possible. And and that, and all that's probably likely true. And so um, the details are still. I, I just wish that the CFL would trust its fan base with some honest information. Um, they're, they're talking about putting out a, an 18-game schedule, Mike. Um, like, why? Like, what, what is the point of putting out a schedule 
like it's it, it, Randy Ambrosi said it's to give to um, confirm our intentions to play a season. Well, man, that's not that's not it. Like you need to like give us some details on what you're gonna do. Wade was a little bit more forthcoming, so I'll give him some credit on that today. Yeah, the schedule it sounds like is going to be released almost imminently here, and whether or not any of that, uh, any or all of it, gets to be played, uh, I mean, put a put an asterisk. I, if you're putting that schedule down on your planning schedule, Steve, I would do it in pencil, not in in permanent <laughs> ink. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll give the CFL a little bit of credit for this Great Cup Unite. I mean. This is supposed to be the crown jewel of their season, right? This weekend, Regina. I was just yeah. looking. Sunday, the forecast for Regina, minus three. Looks like it would have been a beautiful day to hold a, a national championship. Maybe the Bombers would have been back going for a, a repeat. I'm sure Regina would have thrown a, a hell of a party. Uh, I was in Regina last year, of course, for the the Western Conference um final and uh that that was quite an event i mean it was a great game and the build-up all week was was terrific and i know being in regina there is all this excitement about hosting the great cup one year from now which now hasn't come to fruition so it would have been a great party and you know the cfl at least after basically months of of radio silence like randy ambrosi i assume has been living in a cave somewhere and has now just emerged, you know, like the groundhog to see his shadow. Um, but put on them for finding a way to try and, and you know, get some headlines and get some coverage and some innovative things that they're doing. Um, so, I mean, it's a lot better, I guess, than just doing nothing. Um, whether it actually translates, like I, I wrote in my piece the other day, Steve, and you've come to the CFL a lot longer than almost anybody. I don't even know if a vaccine and getting back to normal like is that going to cure all that ails the cfl there was a lot of problems to begin with even before covid right with markets like toronto and vancouver and i just wonder i mean if if, if we think that a vaccine is going to come along and suddenly the cfl will be a renaissance which which randy ambrose used that term the other day I, I, i'm not so quick to think that there's a renaissance coming for the league well, he did mention something about a business reset and that they've found millions and millions of dollars in their costs that will help them going forward. And again, that I think that's admirable. Um, and then the CFL is going to need to do that. I would be curious to know what those costs were. And, that's, and again, um, you know, so, so that I can A, believe them and B, you know, feel some sort of trust that they, well, again, just so I can believe them. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Center podcast. We had a little false start there. I got this little tickle in my throat, Mike. Um, I've been making fun of it, calling it a COVID cough. Um, I did Google yesterday to check to make sure that I wasn't dying of COVID. It's probably just an allergy in my throat. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, are you like me, Mike? You, every time you get a symptom, are you Googling it to make sure that you're not getting the COVID? Yeah, WebMD, web right? It's, uh, I, I, I would do that for almost anything, even pre-COVID, uh, which is not necessarily a healthy thing to do. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, these days, of course, you can't cough or sneeze without getting, you know, all kinds of, of glances coming your way. And um, it's, uh, it's strange times indeed. Of course, I guess the good thing is none of us are really going anywhere these days. So uh, the look, the strange looks tend to come from your own family more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, but, I, I'm still I'm still working in the office. So what's uh, so we are in code red. Everybody knows we're in code red and, uh, and we're going to be in code red. Um, I think for a while here, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not even looking at this month long code red. It seems to me we're going to be here a while. Um, what's, uh, what's changed for you, um, in code red, Mike? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a change, I guess, just because, you know, we have two teenage kids, so. Uh, they're involved in some stuff that now has come to a halt. I mean, I know my daughter at her high school, she was in choir, she was in, she's in drama, um, and they were preparing for a play that they're going to put on later this year. She's got one of the major roles in it. Uh, they now are, they're still doing rehearsals, but they're all happening over Zoom instead of in person. Uh, and they're doing choir practice over Zoom instead of in person. Uh, because they're not allowed to do any of that now in the school. She is, of course, still going to school part-time every second day. That's what her school has done. Uh, my son, who was playing, they were seven games into their junior hockey season this year, um, you know, with the Winnipeg Satellites, and, and so that's come to a halt for at least a month. Uh, so we have, you know, we were going to his games uh, here in the city and out of town. That's freed up a lot of time for my wife and I, and I guess for me, Steve, the big change has been, um, as we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, I've, I've still been going to the gym, or I had been going to the gym until Code Red uh, said that gyms had to be shut down. You know, my experience at gyms, and specifically the one I was going to, had been very positive. They were down to 25% capacity. Uh, you had to wear your mask on the machines while you worked out. That took a little bit of getting used to, but I... I had come to terms with that, that uh, that's something I was still willing to do if it meant getting to go to the gym four or five times a week. So now that's out for the foreseeable future. So a lot more time at home and trying to do a little more exercise kind of in the home. And I've, I've lengthened my daily walks now, Steve, that I've been taking uh, since March, really. I've uh, added another mile or two most days just to, to get outside a little bit more. But yeah, how about you? I mean, we've We've ordered in now. Not that we were going to restaurants, anyways, but uh, we've ordered we've we've ordered food in a couple times more than we had previously, just to try and support some local businesses. How about you? Um, I don't know that a whole lot has changed. Um, you know, I've kind of been feeling like I should be adhering to code red guidelines for the last six months, anyways. Right. Um, you know what I mean, and so um, and I hadn't been going to the gym. I've been I've been working out at home now since the pandemic started, and and I'm in a man. I got a really good setup in my basement now, and and um, I, that reminds me. I got to send you those links, Mike, to uh, to Joe the Body Coach. Um, there's this guy in Britain. His name is Joe the Body Coach, and he's he's really into the he's really into helping people try to get through the pandemic uh, emotionally. Right spiritually mentally with some physical activity and and he's got a he's got a series going right now actually where it's uh, every other day he's got a new 15 minute um a workout 
out in the morning, uh, wake up with Joe, and and um, it's a quick um, fifteen minute workout with no equipment required. And then and then you know he's got some dumbbell workouts and stuff. I, I got to send you those links. That's been really good. Um, I've been um, I've been shopping for a dog. Have I told you this, Mike? Well, yeah, you you applied last time we did this. We we didn't do a podcast last Wednesday because it was Remembrance Day. But yeah, you left us with a bit of a cliffhanger, Steve. That you had sent in an application and you were rejected, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I was I was rejected, right? Because that particular dog was going to be her better self in a in a home that already had a resident dog. I, I'm just you know whatever. Anyways. What I'm noticing here is that, like, it's really, really hard to buy to get a rescue dog. Um, unless I'm not a big fan of German Shepherds, and I don't really want a really, really big dog. I kind of want a mid-sized dog. So it's been hard to try to find something that's a rescue dog. Then you go to Kijiji, and, uh, and I've read some stories about this uh, online. Uh, uh, Kijiji, people are selling, like, mixed-breed dogs, anything with doodle at the end of it for you know three to five thousand dollars and um yeah the price of dogs is way up like the demand is high the supply is low so the price is really really high so uh, my mom uh bred dogs poodles and uh showed dogs and stuff and so i have some understanding of what you know you should do when you're uh, shopping for a dog if you're not going to get a rescue dog if you're going to get a a purebred dog. So I've narrowed it down to a certain breed that I'm looking for. Right. Trying to talk to some different breeders around the country. There isn't a breeder of this particular breed uh, in Manitoba. It's a German pincer. It's a kind of like a, um, it's not a Doberman pincer and it's not a min pin, which you can get a min pin for, again, three grand if you want. But, but I, but I, I would buy a dog from a, a like a, from a breeder, right? I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm buying. I'm not spending four grand for a dog off Kijiji. That's not happening, man. Like, cause yeah, that seems like a that seems like a robbery, really. I mean, there's there's dogs. That, oh my god! Like, and there's and that's, there's tons of dogs being sold from twenty five hundred to forty five hundred dollars on Kijiji. And so, um, yeah. So both our dogs. Uh, we have two dogs. One is now 13 and we got her from Darcy's Ark which is a, a rescue we actually just in cleaning our basement over the last couple of weeks and renovating we, we took a whole truckload or van load of donations to Darcy's Ark they, they run a thrift shop on Main Street and so we dropped off a bunch of stuff to them last week and our, our other dog he's 7 uh, we got him from New Bothwell the, the great Pyrenees rescue he's not a Pyrenees he's a uh, a lab um we actually think he might have some pit bull in him uh he's, he's a lab mix but uh the absolute sweetest dog but yeah we got him from the great Pyrenees rescue and I can tell those you Steve, I don't remember those, those are the people that turned me down like that's incredible like they um I didn't want to but you did <laughs> Uh, yeah, they were. We had a great experience dealing with them, uh, and they. Um, I, I don't remember what we paid. I want to say a few hundred dollars at yes. most. And a, 
to adopt a dog, it's about it's, it's three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope uh, I hope your search proves fruitful because dogs are the absolute best. I uh, I like dogs more than people, uh, and during sort of these COVID times and working from home as I am, I mean, it is. Um, you know, my, my kids are still, my, my son's still working and daughter's, like I said, in school. My wife's still working full time. So often it's just me and the dogs at home and they definitely help make the day go by a little quicker and, and make it a lot more entertaining. All right, folks, we're back for our overtime period of our Jet Central podcast. We're going to make it quick because I was telling Mike, I got to get down for lunch. Our cafeteria, Mike, here is only open from 11 till 2. And it's now one sixteen. So let's speed this up, buddy. <laughs> you were, I'm game. You're just on vacation. You had a staycation. Everybody's doing staycation, right? We're not going anywhere. Um, painting and uh, renovating your basement. Is that what you were doing? Yes, hanging out at the dump, which I wrote about in my uh, my newsletter, which just came out while we've been recording this. Uh, my weekly Mike McIntyre on sports newsletter. I talked about how i'm probably on a first name basis with the folks at the dump these days steve remember like when norm peterson would walk into cheers and everybody norm that's probably me in the dump because i think i've made three different i have made three different trips this you know since the summer just with all the cleaning you have a truck mike no i don't so i've been constantly borrowing a buddy's truck and we pull a trailer off another friend true true story and a funny story quick one my wife's friend who owns this trailer, when we asked for the third time last week to borrow it, he, he actually said to her, just making sure, is everything okay at home? Like, I think he thought that maybe we've, I don't know, split up and we're like, you know, selling off our stuff or we're, we're, we're cleaning house because we're breaking up. That's not the case. But it's funny that we've asked to use the trailer so many times that he actually thought that there's perhaps marital problems going on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, let's just go back back for a second there. You mentioned your newsletter. Just for the folks who are listening to this, um, you have a newsletter that goes out on Wednesdays. I have a newsletter that goes out uh, Tuesday through Saturday. It's called The Playbook. And uh, you folks, you can subscribe to those newsletters. This is a plug here. Yes. Um, at freepress.com. Watch for those. Um, just in case you don't get enough of us on this every week. <laughs> yes. More of us. There's more of us, folks. You know, uh, two, two things I've discovered during this staycation, Steve. Um, I love painting. I didn't know that I liked painting. I kind of thought it was sort of a mundane task. I fell in love with painting. I can't wait to paint again. I, I want to paint something like tomorrow or today because I loved it so much. I don't know about you, if that's something you enjoy. I just, I found it really calming. I don't, and, I don't like any type of home renovation stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't either. At least I didn't think I did, but I loved painting. It was, it was great. And I don't want to brag, but I think I did a really good job. My wife, my kids, they were impressed with, you know, I taped everything, the baseboards and up at the ceiling, like nice, clear lines. I did a really good job. The yeah, other thing, problem. Steve, yeah, we like to talk about food uh, on this. What's your view? Because I cannot stop eating them. Um, 
mandarin oranges. I I could eat ten mandarin oranges a day. I don't. Oh. That's probably not oh. good for you. No, see, so I, I don't eat any fruit really, Mike. I only eat berries. There's way too much sugar in fruit. And it's funny, so I'm following Weight Watchers. I've lost now 74.6 pounds as of Monday. And under my Weight Watcher plan that I follow online, fruit isn't like fresh fruit, not canned or whatever, and certainly not uh, juice. But fruit yeah. is actually encouraged as part of the program. In fact, it's so encouraged that it is zero points. I could eat 10 mandarin oranges in a day, and it would not cost me any points. Um as I say, that's not recommended, but my goodness, do I ever love mandarin oranges? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't eat, I don't abstain from sugar so much. I don't personally. I, I, I have a problem with sugar. I love it, so I, I love sweets. Um, I don't abstain from it so much because of the calories. Um, sugar causes inflammation in the body, right? And so, inflammation in the body includes inflammation in the brain. And there's a lot of studies going on these days that inflammation in the brain leads to ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, dementia, et cetera, et cetera. And so I try to avoid sugar for that reason. Um, and it's just like inflammation in the body is, is just one of the worst things you can have. So here's Steve's health tip today, right? <laughs> it's now, like a body break. We should do that. By, by the way, we were going to do a Movember um mental health, physical health podcast, we should uh, maybe do that next week, Mike. We should, yeah, we got, we've got got another weekend. In fact, we're going to try something a little different, code red, but we can still be in the office. So I know some folks listen to this and they say, ah, oh, we wish the audio quality was a little better. Uh, we're, we're recording this, of course, remotely by phone, but next week and going forward, I'm going to start coming back into the office every Wednesday and we'll record this uh, in person in your office. So uh, that's okay. That should make a little bit better audio quality as well. All right. Well, we'll see you next Wednesday, Mike.